0: the Practical Prepping Podcast, helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. And we are your hosts,
1: Mark and Krista Lawley. We're on episode number four. Our topic for today is a particular bag that goes by various names. Uh, It's called a get-home bag, known as a GHB, a car bag or a 72-hour bag.
0: You know, it's interesting that FEMA's number one stated goal for 2018 to 2022 strategic plan is this. Build a culture of preparedness that requires action. Action on our part. One area of preparation
1: is a get-home bag, also known as a 72-hour bag or a car bag. This is not a bug-out bag. That's an entirely different type of topic. So we're talking about a get-home car bag or 72 or otherwise a three-day bag. We were talking about this because we want you to understand that what you're carrying in your get-home bag is a personal choice for you. There are a few things that are a good baseline, but then every one of you that's prepping will have to develop your get-home bag with the needs and necessities that are very pertinent for you and your family situation. There's no right way. There's no one-size-fits-all. This is your bag. These are your choices. Uh, You know, you can have special considerations, like if you have elderly uh, parents in your home or very young children or infants, uh, anyone with any kind of special needs.
0: really comes into play when you're traveling with those children or Mm -hmm. elderly folks. Yeah, you're
1: away from home, so you've got to be able to sort of bring home with you.
0: Now, we've never used our get-home bags. We've never used our car bags as a get-home bag. But we've used those bags a number of times when we were somewhere else. Mm -hmm. We've gone into them to get um, first aid supplies for folks. We've gone into them to get tools. Uh, We used it just a week and a half ago to go. uh, We went into your bag and got some zip ties out of it. Mm -hmm. And so this is more than just uh, prepping to get home. It's something that you can use anywhere you are. Or happen to be now there's a lot of categories that you would want to consider um, and this is really situational dependent Um, most everybody will want to carry water you want to consider some shelter now when I talk about shelter I'm not talking about necessarily spending the night in the woods Um, I also consider shelter is a good poncho Uh, When you're out in the elements, as I am from time to time, and it's raining, um, a good poncho comes in handy, but you could use it for shelter if you had to spend the night in the woods.
1: Some other things that you'd want in your bag would be some non-perishable food, snack-type items like, you know, cookies and crackers and things that you like, something to start a fire. It's just most important that you should be able to start a fire uh, it's more than just for cooking if you had to, if you had that 72-hour situation where you couldn't be home. It's mainly for the light and the heat, and um, just there's just something comforting about a fire, and it's good to be able to have something that you know for sure you can depend on to start one.
0: And have some things in there for medical. Everything from a Band-Aid. You ever been somewhere and somebody comes up and um, asks for a Band-Aid? Would you happen to have a Band-Aid? I know folks that carry them in their wallet. I know folks that carry a little plastic thing with them in their pocket, especially those of us that are accident-prone. I uh, got into it with a cat a while ago, and I could actually use two Band-Aids right here. Mm-hmm. He he won that, that mm-hmm. fight. So consider something medical.
1: We also consider uh, carrying some form of personal security. We've talked about this on podcasts prior to this one, that carrying firearms is a personal choice. Uh, and it's your choice to make. We we do, others don't, and that's fine. And if you are going to carry firearms, you do need to abide by the laws and the ordinances in your state, and your region, and your county. Uh, some way to protect yourself. It's, but
0: if you can't carry a firearm, a good knife is is a good mm-hmm. backup. Uh, it's a good secondary means. So that's something to consider.
1: Something that Mark is very good about carrying also are small tools or medium use tools. Of various types, tools that you'd need to work on a vehicle or just basic screwdrivers, hammers, nails.
0: A um, little bit more than the Mm -hmm. multi-tool, but you need to at least have – I I had to borrow a pair of pliers where I was today. I was not in my car, and I needed to borrow a pair of pliers, so uh, that's something good to have with you. But uh, there's a lot of tools and items that uh, make life easier. We'll cover some of those in a little bit. Let's talk about how to carry this. Uh, how, what, what kind of carrying bag do you use? And that depends on your situation. Most common uh, is the backpack. Uh, that allows walking uh, and for the get-home situation. But there are other folks that aren't going to be able to walk. Uh, They're going to have to stay close. They're going to have to wait for some type of help. And I'm thinking here, uh, someone who's physically challenged. uh, Either someone's in a wheelchair. uh, That wheelchair is not going to be able to strike out through the woods. Uh, Somebody that's unable to walk uh, any distance at all may need to consider something else. And some of the things that we've actually used in our car is some plastic totes. It's a great place to stuff jumper cables and things like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was thinking, too, about I know a lot of people that use a walking cane, and so they would consider themselves a bit challenged as well. So, you know, every situation is different. You're going to have to learn to read a situation, and sometimes the safest place you can be if you're not at home is in the safety of your vehicle um, unless otherwise warranted. And prepping is learning about different situations and knowing how to apply and read your situation and acting with the best information you have at the time to take care of your own needs.
0: Another good thing that uh, we've used, and you can get these things anywhere from about 8 inches square up to, you know, a foot and a half square, and that's plastic milk crates. They can really come in handy. I carry tools in the back of the vehicle. Uh, in one of those plastic milk crates easy to get to easy to pull out things like uh, jumper cables and and things they're not intended to be in a get-home bag but good to have in a vehicle what about water how do you carry water
1: well in a get-home bag it's very easy to carry a bottle of water individual bottle carry as many as you feel that you'd want to that have room in your bag uh, if you're not able to carry a lot of water or if you're in a situation where you have now consumed all of your water, it's very important to think about having a water filter, something that can do an instantaneous filter on water from any source.
0: Which, by the way, don't throw those bottles away. Right. You can use those. You can fill them up with water out of a mud puddle. You can fill them up out of a creek and then screw that onto your um saw your mini or you can use it directly with the life straw Mm -hmm. but it's a good way to carry water
1: something else you can do is you can carry some empty trash bags or ziploc bags and this can actually collect rainwater, and that that would be a great source to have water uh, to put into bottles or to actually funnel into a canteen you may also want to look into some water purification tablets or carry a small amount of bleach, and there's a formula for adding chlorine bleach to water to help purify it. Do you know that, or off the top of your head? I
0: think it's two drops per quart. I'll have to go back and verify that. But one thing that uh, I saw this idea somewhere, and that's to carry a small dropper bottle, uh, like uh, eye drops or a contact solution bottle, and label that appropriately. You don't want to be putting that bleach in your eyes. Mm-hmm. You don't want to reach and get the wrong one. But not only label what it is, but go ahead and put your formula or your um, your ratio. Uh, there on the bottle itself so there's no doubt and i say those bottles because it really makes sense you can just get one two three drops whatever you need out of that Mm -hmm. right
1: something else to consider if you're away from home and you're in a situation where you need to shelter for a while if you, if you feel safe to shelter in your vehicle and it's a safe area and you have a sense that that is what you should do, then by all means, at least you have something solid around you. You can lock the doors and, and you have that. Um, something
0: like a snowstorm.
1: Right, yeah. Some people are weather.
0: We're, we're not talking weather. about zombies walking around trying to get no. in, but we're talking about you've slid off the yeah. road in a weather situation. It mm-hmm. may be safer. Uh, to shelter there in the vehicle. What about if you're having to hoof at home?
1: Well, one thing I think about if uh, if I'm thinking about hoofing at home is I want to try to remember to make sure I've got good walking shoes, some sort of comfortable sneaker, because if you're wearing your dress pumps, ladies or men, whatever, we don't judge, (laughs) you know, if you're wearing those kinds of shoes, those are not uh, designed to be walking 10 miles home if you need to. So the proper shoes... Uh, some something like that to be able to slip onto your feet. We, you'll thank yourself later. You may not look fashion forward, but who cares? You know, you may have to be walking a few miles home and you'd rather be able to do it with some sort of comfort.
0: And if you're one that wears high heels, spikes, um, uh, no, stilettos, that's Mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for, stilettos, Mm -hmm. or even sandals.
1: Or those big wedges. Yeah, big big wedges, wedges,
0: something um, (laughs) that's really difficult. You might consider putting a pair of older walking shoes and just keep them in the car. Mm -hmm. You know, when you replace those tennis shoes, put the old ones in the car. Um, if you had to, you could switch those out, grab your get-home bag, and start walking. Mm-hmm. Now, once you've walked a certain distance, if you're not going to shelter in the vehicle, you might wish you had a tent. Now, there's some neat little tents now. now some of these little bivy bags, one- and two-person tents. And since you're going to probably be carrying some paracord or some type of cordage, you can tie that thing up, and it, it makes a, a very lightweight um, tent that you can get into. Uh, but you could do something very similar with a with a tarp, uh, a light 5x7 or 8x10. Now, I'm not talking about one of these super thick, um, like goes on the back of a tractor trailer. Uh, I'm talking about something that's very lightweight, but it would shield you from rain and snow and even sun, uh, whatever kind of elements that you needed to be for, uh, shielded from. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, something a little bit heavier than a drop cloth, but yeah, like no, it's not one of those things that's used for commercial use, but usually a car cover type of a tarp and you can find those at discount stores
0: yeah right or wherever. painting tarp something mm-hmm. like that sure. we have a merchandise store not far from here and i think i saw those five by seven and eight by ten tarps for six or eight bucks they're very lightweight uh they're going to get home bag with no problem and uh it'll be something uh, you could even use that to capture rainwater if you needed to Uh, Even if you're setting up a tent, set one side of it up so that it captures the water that runs off of it. But one thing you definitely want to have is a blanket, some type of blanket, uh, something to keep you warm. Now, that could go several different ways. Um, I have a poncho liner. Some folks call them a wooby, and uh, they're very warm. Uh, I've slept under that thing in the woods a number of times. Roll yourself up in it. And uh, you wind up peeling it off later in the night. It uh, it it reflects the it heat. It reflects yeah. the heat very, very well. Another thing you're talking about reflecting heat is some of these emergency blankets. Put you an emergency blanket in there. You could use that as a shelter if you had to. But if you find other type of shelter. I've actually slept under the outcropping of a rock mm. uh, on the side of a hillside. And you could wrap up in one of those emergency blankets and uh, stay warm for the night.
1: You could improvise if you absolutely had to. If you carried on, on you or in your car some of these large 45- uh, or 55-gallon uh, trash bags. Uh, in an emergency situation, you'd just be amazed how creative you can become with, with tying some of those together or, or creating them, opening them in such a way that you could make a blanket or a shelter. Don't be afraid to, to think outside the box here. If you're dealing with you know hunger, thirst, and shelter, find whatever is going to work that makes sense, that's not going to hurt other people, not going to hurt you. But, uh, by all means, get creative and use whatever you have to use in order to survive and protect yourself because that's the whole reason we prep. There's no other reason than to survive and protect yourself and, um... I think we like to hear stories about how folks used a trash bag to save their life or they use a trash bag to gather water or they they were creative in their thinking. And I think that's good, smart prep experience. And I enjoy hearing about people's adventures when they do that.
0: Now, I'm one that likes my pillow. <laughs> to me, sleeping in the woods on the ground without a pillow can be miserable. <laughs> now, you can take a trash bag and you can build a pillow. Yeah. You can stuff it with different uh, leaves and things like that. Sure. And then because it would get hot if you're laying on it, you could lay a shirt across it, make a a soft area to be able to lay your head down. But um, think through some of these uh, shelter things, shelter ideas, what you might have to do if you're seeking some type of shelter area. Uh, things that you might want to carry with you that will better protect you from the elements. So just think through that, uh, and that's something you might want to consider in your 72-hour car bag, get-home bag, whatever you want to call it. Let's talk about food.
1: Okay, this is where you need to have those non-perishable snack-type food items or pull-top canned items, Uh, Vienna sausage, cans of soup. Yes, you can eat them cold. They're cooked, they're prepared, they just may not be hot, but food is food. Uh, so think about the convenience factor of you not being at home, and perhaps you don't have a can opener in your get-home bag. I probably don't have one in mine. So I would think to pack those pull-top cans of whatever I wanted, can-wise. Uh, you well,
0: know. we do carry them on our multi-tools. We on have multi We have, we have, have them on them. the multi-tool, and you can get it open. And you could build a fire and ease that can up next to the fire, put yeah. it up there. You could. Now, be careful picking it up. Um, you'll want to <laughs> use your uh, multi-tool or something because it will get warm.
1: Well, that's right. You can cook in the can. I saw that in a movie one time. A bunch of uh, uh, outdoorsmen were sitting around a fire, and they had this little stone, and they put just a popped open a can of beans, and the little beans were bubbling, and so they were actually cooking in the can. That's kind of smart.
0: Yep. Now, when you pick out foods to go into the car, uh, pick out some foods that are high heat resistant. And what I'm talking about is uh, things that are able to tolerate a little bit of heat sitting in the car. Um, If we're in a climate where the temperature gets to 100 degrees, it can get to 130 or 40 degrees inside the car. So that's a time that you may need to rotate those much more often we try to rotate our um the preps that are in our get home bags we try to redo go through those and replace those items about every 3 months but if it's um in a very hot environment you may want to rethink that and uh some of the things that will will handle the heat very well um powdered soup packets if you've got a way to heat water, you can pour that soup packet in there. Uh, that will tolerate all the um, the heat that you can throw at it. A trail mix or nuts. What's some other things you can think of that would fit into that category?
1: A lot of people like to carry uh, beef or turkey jerky. Uh, that'll keep forever. Turkey and, jerky. Uh, turkey jerky. Hey, that make turkey jerky. Um Snack crackers, you can buy these little, like the Lance or the Toms or whatever, you know, snack type crackers and, um, you know, portion them out if you need to. Don't necessarily eat all of your food all at once. If you know you're going to be out for three or four days, you've got to portion it out. Think about taking things like um, con- small containers or packets of salt and pepper. You'd be surprised how much you really want something like that when you really want it.
0: Well, in the COVID uh, situations now with restaurants even opening back up, even though they have every other table closed and you have to wear a mask from the door to the table, um, one of the things that I've noticed is you ask for salt and pepper. They bring you a little little container that has the salt and pepper packs Mm-hmm. Full of disposable bags. And, and yeah. they have about, it It takes about eight of those packs of pepper, <laughs> but, but I'm a pepper lover.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: uh, sometimes I save some of those and they're in my um, car bag so that if I'm in a situation where I need that, I actually carry a couple of those in my um, EDC bag as well so that, uh, hey, I've gotten into some restaurants and nowadays they're not putting salt and pepper shakers on the table. And I'll reach over my get-home bag and get it. Rather well, that than reminds
1: me, too. Also, think about taking some uh, disposable utensils, too. Uh, a fork, a spoon, a knife, a pair of forks, a pair of spoons, pair of knives, w- whatever you feel you can carry. Sometimes popping those cans open, you, you may want to be able to use a spoon or a fork. And it's something you can throw away. So definitely have something like that in your bag as well. And if you use it, try to remember to replace it so that you're never going to be caught Uh, you know uh, missing it again
0: they're nice to have but anybody that's fished or hunted for a long time has probably eaten beanie weenies using the curved top once you peeled it off that (laughs) becomes your spoon oh no i've been caught out a few times like that
1: i'd have to be real careful not you cut yourself oh yeah oh yeah like
0: that because it's hard to put a band-aid on a tongue
1: so I know that you're kind of an you're an experienced outdoors person. You're the type of person that could hunt for food. You could get that food and you could prepare that food. Talk a little bit to our listeners about what that might be like if you if you thought that you may be out in a situation where like I've heard on the news lately, some of these people that got lost hiking and they've wound up being out in the woods for 10 days and they they had to start foraging and creating little snares. Tell us a little bit
0: about your experience. I read an article today on a young lady that... Um, she fell and hit her head. She was hiking, and she had become somewhat disoriented, and she was uh, able to find a stream, and she knew she would be safer. She just stayed by the stream, so she didn't try to wander around and get out. Um, as she was very weak, they, she survived for about two weeks, mm. um, but she did have a fresh water supply. I don't know whether she had a a water filter with her or not, um, most, uh, serious hikers that I know do carry one, but part of this depends on, uh, you know, what you are accustomed to, but you need a way to acquire more food. If you're carrying two or three days worth of food and you wind up taking seven days to get home, Uh, You might need to find another way to acquire food. Now, there's several things that you can do there. You can forage for food. There are books on edible plants and various things that you can eat. Uh, You can even eat various types of bugs, um, various types of grubs and things like that. I I would think you would want to cook those a little bit over uh, a fire. Uh, You could set up snares. Uh, you could even hunt small game. Uh, personally, I wouldn't want to try to take a deer in the woods and have. Uh, in Alabama, you know, you shoot a medium-sized doe, and it might dress out to sixty or seventy pounds of meat. Uh, you wouldn't want to waste that. You wouldn't be want to you. You would not be able to use that much meat.
1: Well, you wouldn't want to also be near that much meat going to decay. And attracting other predators. Exactly. There's big cats in the woods. There's bear. You know, let's be sensible. Uh, uh, a good outdoors person is not going to want to dress a deer anywhere near their campsite. And, and
0: waste that amount of meat. Yeah. And, and like you said, draw in other predators. Uh, we can be a predator, but we can also be the predatee. <laughs> the,
1: <laughs> the prey.
0: The prey. The predatee.
1: <laughs> the predatee, right.
0: Um one of the things that you can carry is um, you can make a little fishing kit, and we're going to do a podcast on various kits that you can make to carry with you. It can be as simple as an Altoid can or a smokeless tobacco can, a number of things that you can use to put that in. But put in some fishing hooks, some lines, some small sinkers, um, small bobbers. You could even put in some flies if you're in an in an area that you might be able to fish for a, like rainbow trout or something like that you could even put some small lures in there um a frog gig now you don't see too many people frog gigging today. We grew up gigging frogs on the creek and take a boat and go around the lake and and find frogs on the uh on the bank and we were gigging frogs and yes, I like frog legs. no Krista won't cook them for me <laughs> right, but that's another good uh thing to carry a small caliber gun uh like a twenty two or even an air gun some type of an air gun uh some of those things have gotten pretty serious as it comes to air guns but Mm -hmm. you might want to have something there that you could take very small um small game with but you do need some way to acquire think through this ahead of time you may need to prep your bag for the situation that that comes into but have a way to acquire more food what else
1: we need to talk about fire. Fire is a very important element, and it's one of the things that when you want to start a fire, you want that fire started. You don't want a lot of foolishness. You don't want a lot of wasted time. You may not be in the the frame of mind or the emotional state to fuss around with it. And so there are some uh, items that you can say. Fire you
0: know. will really uplift the mood.
1: It really will. I mean, yeah. just the accomplishment of being able to start a fire is usually enough for most people. But uh, gathering tinder and anything that's going to be burnable, and to do it responsibly, you know, we don't want you to set the woods on fire. Literally, we want you to uh, build a fire that's appropriate for you or whoever you're with.
0: Yeah, Smokey Bear says only you can prevent forest fires. So. Yeah. <laughs> be careful. Be right. careful. Scratch out a place, get the leaves out around it, get down to to bare ground and uh you could even put rocks around it, and make a small fire ring. But uh be real careful with your fire. Talk about um starting that fire.
1: Well, there's all kinds of ways to start a fire. We were talking on an earlier podcast about just having one of those pocket lighters, like a cigarette lighter, and there's cheap ones at the dollar store, and they'll work a time or two, and then they won't work. So the brand name lighters, we would recommend you'd rather have something brand name that's going to like work every time. Uh, There are other things as well, too. There's Strike Anywhere matches. Some matches are purported to be waterproof. They're they may or may not be completely waterproof. I wouldn't stake my life on just those. I'd probably, I'd personally carry a, a group of different things. If one way doesn't work, another way might work. So Well,
0: we carry you know, at least three ways right. in our bags.
1: We do with a magnesium block. We've done the ferro rod. Uh, magnesium powder. Sometimes po- folks have, grant, you know, scrap that magnesium. Well, you can powder.
0: buy those. Um, you can buy at the big box store, the the Wally World box store. You can buy that four dollar fire starter. Uh, it's not a very good ferro rod. It's better than nothing. I have started a fire with it. But that magnesium block, you can take a file, mm-hmm. and on a rainy Afternoon, You can sit out on the back deck and just file that down into shavings and make a um, – it's a good use for a pill bottle, uh, an empty pill bottle mm-hmm. to fill it with magnesium shavings. And when you need to start a fire – pour out just a half a table a half a teaspoon or something it's great for catching a spark burns at about 5000 degrees i think may even be hotter than that but um it's a good thing for starting and then have you tinder there uh and ready to um to not only catch that spark And you can do this with a match, you can do it with a lighter, and there's some great lighters out. Now one of the the problems with the cigarette lighters, the disposable cigarette lighters today, is that um, they have a hard time striking when they're wet. Uh, They really don't do well when they're wet. Now some of these new electronic lighters that don't even have a flame, they have the cross. Um, They remind me of a taser but it has it that
1: cross like, like spark. burn element
0: e- exactly and, and that will set things on fire that will set that magnesium on fire and um, you can have all types of things ready to uh, to begin to add to your Um, fire once you get that started. What are some other things that you can use for tinder?
1: You can actually prepare a few things. You can take some cotton balls, or you could even (laughs) do what I've done. I've collected lint from the dryer. Yes, I have. And you can portion out a small amount of that fiber, and you can... um, kind of uh, apply some petroleum jelly some just good old fat good old-fashioned vaseline and you can make these vaseline cotton balls vaseline fiber balls and those can be stored in a, a little a plastic bag or a little box of container or something that's impervious to the vaseline and those will light pretty quickly and get the fire going you can even like believe it or not you can light a crayon. A simple child's crayon uh, is actually enough wax to actually burn for a while. Um, you need to kind of see your circumstances. If you're in a woody or foresty situation, a lot of folks have never gathered tinder, don't quite know exactly what that is. Naturally, you're going to want to, to gather up any kind of natural material that's good and dry. Uh, fresh green wood is is full of sap and water and won't light. So you want some dry. Burn- think think paper. Think the dryness of paper.
0: How about a um, abandoned bird's nest?
1: Yes, exactly. Something like that. It's fibrous. It's dry, full of feathers and twigs. Uh, something that's just going to have a dryness and quite burnable, a very highly ignitable quality to it.
0: Now, something we use, uh, and we carry them in our bags, and we also use them here at home, back in the backyard with the fire pit, and that's fatwood. As a uh, kid, we grew up calling it pine kindling, and we would go through the woods and find rotted pine stumps, and that very heart is that rosin impregnated um Wood mm-hmm. that burns very, very well now, here when we're starting a fire in the fire pit uh, to sit back and enjoy we or to burn cardboard or whatever we do, uh, we will light take our lighter and light the end of one of those fat wood sticks, and we've got them cut to about five inches to go into our bags. They go inside of a large pill bottle, and so uh, they'll burn for a little while. And we'll use that as our very first, um, that's our fire starter that gets us started. And I've seen, uh, I showed you uh, one of the um, ads for one of the, some of the commercial fire starters now. They've got some in like a six, eight inch, one inch diameter almost uh, rope and you just slice off like an inch of it and then spread that apart and rub it between your hands and just basically make a little bird's nest type tinder, and that's great for catching a spark as well mm-hmm. yep let's talk about medical kits and a basic medical kit A first aid kit, I shouldn't call it a medical kit, but a basic first aid kit. And we've got them in our cars, both that we have bought and that we have built. Uh, It's quite honestly cheaper to build your own if you go and buy a number of items and you can build several kits. Uh, But one of the things that you want to carry, and we call them boo-boo kits. Uh, we've talked about this on the uh, EDC stuff. It's carrying band-aids and some uh, antibiotic cream. Now, I personally carry um, different, several different uh, pain relief medications in my bag, and I carry antacid uh, in my bag. And also, something to consider: it might not be you. But I carry a few aspirin with me, and aspirin is great, and it's on the protocol now for chest pain. If you call 911 and you're having chest pain, they're going to ask if you have any aspirin available. It doesn't have to be the 81 milligram. It can be the regular 250 milligram. But carry a couple of aspirin, for. and the first sign of somebody having chest pain, give them a couple of those aspirin. Uh, It's found to actually save lives. Uh, by doing that very early Uh, some of the things for a a minimum or a minimal medical kit to carry uh, one thing that i advocate i don't leave home without one anymore and that's an arterial tourniquet Uh, you can have the cat tourniquet the rats tourniquet uh, swat t and there are others but um, this is the preferred method uh, for stopping arterial bleed in any of the extremities. Uh, now, don't do what one guy said, and uh, you know, you got a um, bleed in your scalp, don't put it around their neck.
1: Yeah, oh dear.
0: But um, <laughs> uh, carry some type of tourniquet, be able to stop that arterial bleeding. And then uh, talk about bandages a little bit, some bandages that you might want to carry.
1: You probably need something larger than a finger size Band-Aid. Do consider carrying some 4x4s, 5x7s, 6x9s, uh, types of uh, bandage pads, gauze pads. Uh, even something like an abdominal trauma pad uh, is... I know it's not necessarily first on one's list, but when you begin prepping and you begin to go down that journey of what could happen to me or someone out there, things can happen where you would have to be the one to say, hey, I've got an abdominal trauma pad. Um, In Israeli battle dressing, explain that one again. I know you've told me before.
0: It's one that um, not only does it go on, but it can be used when properly applied. It applies a lot of pressure. It's more of a pressure dressing as well, but uh, they come in a lot of kits. If you hear a lot of commotion going on back here, our two <laughs> cats are chasing each other they, around. They
1: were starting to do that when we were talking about starting a fire, and I was thinking, they're starting a fire down here in this room. So, yeah, they're they're jumping up all over our table and our desk and up behind the chair. So if you hear a little pitter-patter of footprints, it's our two cats, Widget and Sabin. And they, they love each other. Almost to death, um, actually.
0: Now another thing you can carry, and men, you may feel funny going into the to the grocery store and buying feminine pads, but I've done that, and uh, I came home and I broke those out and I put them in different kits hmm. and yeah, you know, I, a one, cop, one cat one the other. uh Oh, game over. But they do make <laughs> uh, they do make good dressings in a pinch. Uh, they can be used at a car wreck, anything like that, any type of uh, accident uh, that requires a lot of blood control. Uh, <laughs> we may need some we're, for we're, our cats. <laughs> we're going to take just a second and come back. All right, we're back. We had to have a little discussion with a couple of cats running around here. Mm-hmm. Um, one is 16 pounds and the other one's 7 pounds, and you really never know who's going to win that fight. But when it comes down to sheer mass, uh, yeah. the big one wins every time. Uh, we were talking about using um, feminine pads to uh, as dressings or as bandages, uh, on a major wound, and you can do that. Another thing that you probably want to have in there is some gauze. Uh, once you put that bandage on there, you need to wrap it up. Uh, it goes by several names. One brand name is Kling. Another is Coban. The good thing about Coban is it's stretchy and it sticks to itself, so you can make a good... Um,
1: they're still going at it. <laughs> yeah, they're still going <laughs> at it. They're coming up okay. my chair. Oh, dear. Uh,
0: you can... Um, Use the coband to make a pressure dressing and cut it off and it sticks to itself. Um, absent that uh, have some medical adhesive tape uh, that's a good thing to have mm-hmm. to to use on bandaging and again, we've stopped at more car accidents and bandaged other folks up than we've had to do ourselves when it comes to major injuries, but that's something to carry. Uh, Antibiotic cream is a good thing to have with you. Uh, Now, you're not going to be using antibiotic cream on a major injury that's going to go to the hospital, but this is where if you cut yourself and you uh, put that on it to protect it until you can um, either get to the hospital or to let it heal. Some are not so serious that you need to go to the hospital, but you do need to protect those. Another thing that we carry is uh, hydrocortisone cream. Um, you get into poison ivy and things like that, something that starts itching. Uh, sumac several different um, uh, plants will cause you to begin to itch. Or bug bites. Bug bites. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use them on bug bites as well. A couple of other things here, um, burn cream. Uh, is a good thing to have i think that's probably been our last three or four mishaps at home has been burns Mm -hmm. not serious enough to go uh, to the hospital but serious enough to hurt and uh, needs to be protected for days especially if it blisters up Um, burn cream is good for that What about sunscreen? You carry sunscreen?
1: You do need some sunscreen, um, and you do need to apply it as often as the manufacturer says to. That's where a lot of people don't. They'll apply it like one time in the day. But sunscreen, if you're out in the middle of July and it's Arizona and you're walking around in the blazing sun, you need to apply sunscreen to your scalp, uh, tops of your ears, Wherever skin is exposed to sun, you need to have that sun protection. You have got to use that. Um, And as she said, you you can get sun poisoning from burning.
0: I've actually seen that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can, um, you probably need to apply this every few hours. Now, we went to um, Disney World several years ago as. My youngest daughter was getting married and I was wearing shorts. This was in uh, August. She was getting married in September. And my legs had not seen the sun in nine years. And I went in with the intent of coming out with my legs being just as white as they were when I went in. So every hour I stopped and I put, I slathered uh, sunscreen on my legs, and I look like the typical tourist, but my legs came out without being burned at all. (laughs) How about some good-to-have items?
1: Good-to-have items. Uh, Think about what your most likely distresses be, and a lot of that comes down to stomach or intestinal. So do consider taking some bismuth tablets, something like a Pepto-Bismol tablet. It's just easier to carry than just the big liquid bottle. Uh, Something to stop bleeding, uh, there are styptic powders. There's also cornstarch has been used uh, in a pinch to stop bleeding. Um,
0: the commercial stuff goes under the name of Bleed Stop, cellox. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, Bleed Stop um, bandages that is permeated with the um, blood clotting agent.
1: Yeah. Also that uh, liquid bandage, I think they call it Dermabond or liquid skin. Sometimes um using Dermabond and you'll really flip and hear this, you can use super glue. I think super glue was actually invented as a medic dressing back way back in the day. But if you've got a deep cut or something that where it's where you it's been cleaned but we need to bring the skin back together, you know, minus uh, absent any kind of being able to do stitches or butterfly bandaging, being able to glue the skin back together at least is going to be a very helpful
0: well, thing. Well, I, I had surgery about five months ago, and I've got a about a four-and-a-half-inch scar on my elbow. And I came out of surgery, and I had not one single stitch in that. They had glued it back together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they used Dermabond. And so it's something that we can do out away from the hospital. Uh, I carry liquid skin. It's good for, you know, small cuts. It protects them, but in a larger one, you can hold it together and put that across it and give it a minute to dry there, and it puts the skin back together very well. Now, it burns when you put it on, but it's something good to carry. You might want to consider even getting one of the medical staplers. I had the opportunity to see one of those used I watched the doctor I actually ask, can I watch? And he said, sure, come on over here. And I think he was just a little bit short of letting me try it. But it was very simple to put in. I uh, saw him put nine stitches to, to bring a pretty good gash in a guy's head uh, back together. Mm. And very, very simple procedure there. You might want to carry some cough drops. And I carry eye drops in mine. I wear contacts. And my eyes dry at times, so I carry those. You might get a foreign body in there, want to wash it out. So that's that's something that you may want to consider there.
1: Okay, we're going to move on to communications. You know, you're out in the field, you're out and about, you're away from home. How are you going to communicate? Uh, so there are many different ways that you can do that. Uh, can I
0: use my cell phone? Well,
1: uh, up until a point, you probably could. Uh, if you might be in a situation where the power is out, maybe there's been a tornado or a hurricane, a flood, uh, if the number, cell
0: phone works, works, use it.
1: Yes, if, if it works, this absolutely.
0: But if it doesn't work, you need to be considering information coming to you. You can get that with an AM, FM radio. You can get that with any number of ways, television if you have that. Uh, but to be able to communicate two-way, you might want to consider some type of hem, uh, handheld radio uh, we're going to do a, an entire podcast. We're also going to do a, a gear review on the Baofeng UV5R, which seems to be the most popular radio today in uh, prepper circles for a number of reasons. But uh, you could use FRS or GMRS especially in your local neighborhood, but you need some way to to communicate that. And in our book, Making Contact During Emergencies, we cover a lot of that type of information. We cover ham radio. Uh, We even cover signal fires, uh, whistles, flares, all types of things to be able to communicate during an emergency.
1: I want you to go back to something you said just a moment ago because we have listeners that won't know what FRS or GMRS refers to.
0: Okay, FRS and GMRS, the family radio system and the general mobile radio system. Uh, FRS is the family radio system. You usually find these radios in the blister packs in the big box store or the outdoor store. Uh, These are what Are advertised as 26 mile radios, uh, plan on about a half a mile to one mile. You're talking
1: about like a walkie talkie? Like the little
0: walkie talkies, yes. Oh, I see.
1: Now, I I
0: hesitate to use the term walkie talkie because that can indicate, or or many people can be talking about anything from, you know, um, a ham radio. Um, a police radio, fire department radio. Many of those are referred to as walkie-talkies. But prepper community, a lot of folks do. When they say walkie-talkie, they mean the FRS, GMRS radios. They're a low power. Uh, They're great for going shopping and lost your wife. And uh, uh, you want to let her know that you're sitting down at the uh, outdoor store uh, drinking a cup of coffee and watching people as they go by. But um, that is something that um, that we'll cover in detail a little bit later. Now, the GMRS, one of the things that's good about it is you can use higher wattage on those. Now, it does require a license. Uh, no tests are required with it. Uh, you mail the FCC a check, and you get a uh, license for that. And it's good for anybody in the family or anybody in the group uh anything like that some prepper groups will use GMRS as well because you can get more distance because you can use more power and there are other, some other technical things you can actually use repeaters on them it's not quite what ham radio will do uh but it's a very good second step okay all right let's briefly talk about some of the tools and things that'll make your life a little bit easier um a little more comfortable um, one is toilet paper. We both carry a, a roll of toilet paper in our get home bag. It's in our car bag. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something, um, it's very handy to have when you need it. How about a flashlight and extra batteries?
1: Yes, definitely have some kind of idea of what sort of batteries you would need for a flashlight. And Mark's rule is two is one and one is none. It comes to about just everything.
0: That wasn't my rule. That's a standard rule.
1: That's a, Okay, that's a standard rule. Kind of like w, WD-40 and duct tape. Is WD-40 kind of a and
0: duct tape. Right. So
1: have, a, have an abundance of flashlights to the extent that you can afford maybe different kinds, different powers, and all the different batteries that go with them. Uh, a good multi-tool. When we're talking about a multi-tool, we're talking about one of these uh, Gerber or Leatherman-style fold-out knife, plier, usable tools. Uh, has a lot of little implements on it that are quite, um, quite useful.
0: You can do everything with a with a multi-tool, from work on your car to clean a deer or cut up your steak. And I've done all three.
1: I know somebody that built a, a whole business just about with one Uh, a compass if you're into orienteering if you can read a compass and you're wandering through the woods and you know that the sun sets in the west comes up in the east that's part of it but you may not exactly know which one's north and which one's south so learn to orienteer and learn to use a compass and they come in a variety of interesting um, forms as well um,
0: they come in handy for walking a straight line. Yeah. Uh, you can, uh-huh. where you are, you can take a bearing, find a tree on top of that next ridge, and you can walk to that tree. And then you can take a ne- another bearing and find another tree at a further distant point, And so you're not veering off course.
1: You're, you're not you're not tr- cutting a wide circle. Right. And going back right. and finding yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, you coming up like behind yourself in the woods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah i've I've done it both ways uh, i've wandered around till i found something i recognized which is not the preferred way then i started carrying a compass and uh, i would at least pick out a tree on yonder hill and go to that tree and then um, it doesn't matter if you're wandering around to get to it. When you get there, you're back on your, your route.
1: We'll just list out a few other things you might want to consider. And a lot of these things you can actually find in a camping or hiking store that are geared and built, scaled and sized for carrying. Uh, not necessarily your household size, but for a camper hiker carrying. Perfect size for prepper. Some of those things are a small boiling pot something to clean water, something like these water bottles that are single stainless steel, single wall, that can be used to boil water, the tarp we talked about, a good fixed blade knife, a good quality that you can depend on, some paracord, perhaps a wire saw, something if you needed to cut a few branches and knit together some kind of roof, a wire saw is great for that, Uh, one or two or three bandanas. They're not only good for wearing around your face and eyes, but wrapping your hands if you're having to handle something that's got a lot of texture and
0: what's you. I've started carrying a bandana daily. Actually, I have two that I carry. One in my bag and one in my back pocket. Come in handy for all sorts of things. You could pre-filter water or you can use it as a handkerchief. So, A very good thing to have and very inexpensive. Uh, You might want to carry a a fishing kit we'll talk more about kits on an upcoming podcast one of the things that you probably need to have is some duct tape now you don't have to carry a whole roll uh, you can take a pencil and wrap several yards around it uh, in our bags we actually the the container that we got the um, zip tie out of last week has about a half inch thick layer of duct tape wrapped all the way around that thing so it's just square it's a square container about six inches long and we just kept wrapping duct tape until it got about a half inch thick on there Mm -hmm. you can peel that off as you need it cut it into whatever strips you wanted
1: think about carrying something like a machete or a small hatchet A lot of camping stores carry something that's carryable that way. Again, we talked about communications, something other than a cell phone, Uh, radio, and the proper batteries to go with it. Uh, We're going to be
0: doing an episode coming up here shortly with Don Keith. Don Keith is a, a nationally recognized author, but he is also a ham radio operator. And uh, he's been a friend of mine for a number of years, and he's going to be on talking about ham radio and some of the things that we can do with that. Carry a
1: travel toothbrush, toothpaste, dental floss. You can even buy these little travel kits that even have a small travel-sized bottle of mouthwash that you can use to rinse out just for some dental hygiene and just make you feel better, make everything taste better.
0: Let me just run across a couple of things that might be um, nice to have stuff. Feminine products, definitely, Uh, ladies. You would want to carry some of that in your bag. Um, You never know when that might be needed. Uh, Carry something to keep your head warm. Uh, Carry some cold packs and some of these little pocket warmers.
1: Oh, I'm glad you said pocket warmers because prep for your season. If it's you know the middle of January and you're in North Dakota, my guess is you're going to be in some sub freezing weather going to get some whiteout snow you're going to get those high driving winds so you're going to want some of those um, thermal patches hand warmers foot warmers anything that you can use it's going to help maintain your body heat because that's going to be your biggest threat so prep for your season for sure
0: and also carry a couple of emergency blankets in there they're inexpensive and uh, they work i've I've used them while hunting Uh, it'd be so cold that uh, even as layered as i was sitting there Um, It was something that I could sit on and wrap across my legs, and it really does make a difference. Of course, you always want to be carrying some type of knife. Uh, Here again, be sure it's legal. But in your car bag, you probably want something like a fixed blade to have there. probably also want to have something like some Gatorade powder, uh, something that you can um, uh, get some energy from. As she said, uh, depending on the area, you might want to have chaps uh, for snake chaps or leggings um, here in the south, some areas that we go in. I don't want to be in the woods without uh snake proof bullet uh s- bullets mm-hmm. snake proof um, boots or either some uh leg chaps. so there you have it get home bag or seventy two hour bag or car bag, whatever you want to call it. It's something that you really knew need to be carrying. Uh, You need to build out. It's a personal choice, the things that you think you might need uh, while you're away from home, while you're on the road traveling, or if you were put in a situation where you had to try to walk home from where you are. So that's it for Episode 4. Chris, remind us of the three things that we believe that everyone must have.
1: We think that everybody in their household ought to have the smoke and carbon monoxide combination, a fire extinguisher for every level of your home of living space, and a radio that receives NOAA NOAA, weather alerts a little bit different from the weather app on your phone. This is actually going to be National Weather Service, NOAA Weather Alerts, the type of radio that will wake you up in the middle of the night as needed to give you storm warnings and information that you're going to need to have just in case. And we've been woke up in the middle of the night by a Weather Radio, and we were glad to have it.
0: And if you don't have these three, they're your first preps. Get them as soon as you possibly can. All right, that's it for... Episode 4, we thank you for listening. Please leave us a 5-star review. That does help make the podcast available for more people to hear. And if you know of someone who needs to start prepping or has recently started prepping, please share the podcast with them as well.
1: Our plan is to release a new podcast every week or so, and more frequently as the need arises. On Facebook, you can find us in Practical Prepping. We want you to go to that site and join. Our email is info at practicalprepping.info. Our website is on the way, and it will be called
0: www.practicalprepping.info. Thank you for listening to the Practical Prepping Podcast, and remember, Stuff happens. Stay prepared.